In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, paying it forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine, and it's so nice that spring has finally arrived. It seems to make us all feel so much lighter. And uh, today, I have a guest that makes lots of people's lives lighter through her music. And I'm thrilled to um, introduce you to Dara Blaker. And um, Dara actually has her own radio show also on TogiNet, and it's called Dara on Radio, that um, airs on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. So um, Dara was actually a musician. Um, She started at a very young age, like (laughs) very similar, Dara, to my three-year-old daughter, who loves to walk around the house humming and singing, and... um, Dara started to play chords on her piano to the music that she was learning in school. And with that love of music, she then went to NYU and got her degree in music and met her husband there, also another musician. And now today, with all of um, Dara's experience, she started her own company, which is called Color Me Music. So with that, I would like to introduce um, Dara. How are you doing today, Dara? I'm doing great, Josephine. How are you today? Good, thank you. I hope my intro for uh, for you was good enough. <laughs> oh, great. Actually, one small correction. My show is actually Friday nights at 7, 7 oh, p.m. Is it? standard time. <laughs> Did they change it? Um, I don't know. I have to I look. No, it's, it should, it's Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. Okay, great. Sorry about that, Dara. I thought okay. I saw it up um, for Thursdays. Okay, so Dara, tell us a little bit about your background. I chuckled because I just imagine you as a little three-year-old like my daughter running around the house singing and humming. She always has to have music on her mind, and it's just adorable. Uh, the music is just something that I've always done. I've always been involved with. Um, like you're saying, it's just sit there and play chords and just figure out all the tunes and play by ear. And that's how I actually teach young kids. I teach them almost as a second language. Um, you have to understand what it sounds like, how it functions before you can read, just like we would learn English, like someone didn't put a book in front of us first. As babies, we heard it. We listened to it for a few years before we even said words. Right. And we started to speak. We put sentences together. We sang the ABC song before we even knew what ABCs were. And slowly, someone decoded it first, and we learned how to read. Uh, so when I teach and get kids involved with music, it's from a very language-based you know, hearing perspective as opposed to just popping a book in front of anyone. So they really get a full experience of music and music expression. 
So that sounds great, Dara. So you really teach them first by ear? Is that how it goes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, your best players can play by ear. Uh, oh, I would say cool. to all the parents, you know, Billy Joel and Beethoven both had brilliant careers. You need to know both. <laughs> yeah, but Dara, it's just so amazing to me. It really is like a miracle to sit down and to watch people play by ear. And I know my brother-in-law, you know, plays by ear. He's never taken lessons, and he can come and sit at the piano and... You know, he plays Andrea Bocelli, and we're all mesmerized for hours. And it's just, it truly, truly is such a gift. It is. It's, it's wonderful. I, you know, I worked back in music retail my first job out of college, and mostly rock and rollers would come into the store. I mean, really accomplished musicians. I don't mean just, you know, three-chord guitar players. I knew a guy who could play, for at least, including all the harmonies, on the guitar by ear. And one of the questions the musicians would always ask each other was, do you know how to read? And the assumption was they didn't, yet they're still able to play. I do, however, teach reading. I think it's important to become a literate musician. It just opens so many more doors for you. Sure. But when you play by ear first, then you know what you're reading, as opposed to just typing letters, like C, D, E. That's, there's nothing musical about that. But when you know how the sound functions and the harmony functions and melody, it, it's a completely different world. Wow, that sounds great. Now, Dara, what age do you think is appropriate to really start children with music lessons? As far as private lessons goes or music in general? I guess both. I'm just curious. I really don't know that much about music. Okay. I don't know. I think music in general should start in utero. <laughs> and I don't mean putting headphones on your belly. That's, you know, you can do that if you want. There's plenty of products available. When I was pregnant and I was uh, doing lessons, you know, I teach piano and violin, when I was at a lesson where the music was flowing, it didn't have to be an advanced lesson. It just had to be flowing. You'd see my daughter moving my belly. And when the music wasn't flowing, there was no movement. So wow. She was reacting before she was even born. So she was feeling the flow of music. Um, I teach privately kids as young as two and a half, but they're only 10-minute lessons. I teach at a preschool. Um, and I actually have them reading basic rhythms. They're not, you know, counting beats, but they know what short notes look like, long notes look like. Notes going up, notes going down, notes staying the same. Really basic stuff. Um, they can play by ear. And, and fairly complicated things. I have kids playing by ear where it's Duncan. I'm talking three years old. Right. They're able to do that, yeah. That um, sounds great. So, Dara, what does flowing mean? Um, flowing is without lots of starts and stops. Like you would sing a song and it would be, you'd have a continuous beat. As long as that music is continuous, like you're listening to a song on the radio, I mean, our, our natural inclination is to react to it. We naturally feel beat. And if you've ever gone to any of the, the music classes, like music together or kinder music, you watch kids naturally feel it, and they'll bop to music. You know, yeah. if the kids who aren't exposed to it, they don't feel it. It's like if you're learning a foreign language and you're not exposed to the language, how can you possibly learn it? Oh, sure. But it's amazing to me, Dara, what... Um, a huge demand there is for a business that you're in because um, I have three kids and I just know that there's so many of these little music stores popping up all over. And I know you're from Long Island. Yes, I am. <laughs> Originally, that's so funny, Dara, because we probably would have lived close to each other had we had you still lived here. But um, right in Huntington, they just opened up. Um, a new place called Kids Hits, 
and it's really kind of interesting where they give lessons there, but they also let you go in with your kids, and you can make your own CD, and they have birthday parties, and I have to tell you, the kids are going nuts over it. Oh, that's great. And you know what? Kids naturally love music. Music is fun. Music is supposed to be fun, and in every culture, you'll find music. And I think that's why it's such a tragedy. They're looking to cut it every place. But that's, I guess, the other side to that coin is that's why music businesses are so successful because kids aren't getting it in school. Yeah, and you know what they always say, that if a child plays an instrument, they really become focused and it actually helps them in school. So I do Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many skills. I actually just answered a a media query today about it. Um, There's so many skills that kids learn with music. They learn spatial relations. They score higher on math and science tests. Um, They learn critical thinking, like decision-making and problem-solving. Like, how can you possibly practice if you can't break down a problem? You learn how to do it in music, it carries over to everywhere else in life. Yeah, that's great. And you know what? I think the music also gives them truly a great sense of self, self-confidence. I know, you know, it's not that I don't know anything about music, like I said earlier. I actually was very, very fortunate when I was younger. I went to um, a grammar school. It was a Catholic grammar school, and we had a priest that was in from Ireland, and he was a pretty famous priest. They called him Father, Father Charlie. And he was one of the very rare people that actually knew how to play the concerto, the tiny little, I think that's what you call it, Dara, the tiny little... Oh, the concertino? Yeah, that's what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so he would teach us how to sing. So we had voice lessons, and then I learned how to play the tin whistle, which, you know, was just a lot of fun at the time. We were learning the notes and everything. But... You know, it gave us so much confidence, and, you know, before you knew it, we actually sang in Carnegie Hall, and um, we did a lot of competitions and everything, but I have to tell you, as an adult now, I look back a lot on all of that stuff, and I realize what an accomplishment it was. I mean, I'm a full-blooded Italian, and there I was at nine years old in Dunwoody, which is where they have their annual competitions, and I was singing um, Gaelic. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. And it's really funny, but, you know, my kids look at all the trophies and the medals and everything today, and whereas back then I never took it really seriously, I enjoyed it, but I just know it does build up a lot of self-confidence within the child. So Absolutely. I really do recommend it, and um, I love the fact that you're on my show, Dara, because I truly believe that you are paying it forward in such a unique way, and I'm sure you look at it that way as well. You know, I do, and um, the biggest successes i found aren't necessarily musical ones. It's the kids that I've gotten through to on a personal level who learn how to make decisions or overcome challenges because of their work with me with music. Wow. You know, there's a couple that stand out in mind, and I actually keep in touch with some of these families from New York. It's funny, I taught a bunch of kids for like seven years. Um, my students actually played for me when I walked down the aisle at my wedding. Oh. <laughs> Those are my musicians. But there's one boy in particular I think about, and he was my most challenging student. Um, he just, not, no, no pun intended, he marched to the beat of his own drummer. He just thought differently. He did stuff differently. And I spent years earning this kid's respect. And the one day that I earned his respect was uh, he was playing a Rolling Stones song, and, you know, a, 
curse word came on and he turned the volume down at that point. So I wouldn't hear it. And to show me I'm being respectful of you and you're an authority figure. And I was like, wow, you know what? I changed this kid's life. And we still stay in touch. And I stopped teaching him when I gave birth to my daughter. And I wrote him a note and I thanked him. I said, you made me the best teacher I could be. The regular kid who is an easy lesson, you just go in and do the music. Yeah, okay, that's good and all. But I had to work to earn, earn this kid's respect and to, to earn his love of music. And he made, he made me work. And it was, I really thanked him for it. Oh, and Dara, I am sure that you're going to be one of those teachers that as that young student grows up, he will always remember you, which is just so special as a teacher. Okay, Absolutely. we'll be back shortly after this quick commercial. Okay. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central starting November 4th on toginet.com Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Jehane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine Girasi, and today I have Dara Blaker with us. And Dara was a musician turned business owner. And um, so, Dara, before we go on to discuss the many businesses that you have, mm. I think we've got three total going on here. But, um, Dara, tell me a little something. How is it to be married to a musician, being <laughs> a musician yourself? 
Um, I guess you'd have to ask him now. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't want to think about it much. Uh, it's just what we do. That's the biggest mm-hmm. reason why I, I launched my radio show, what it is, is for us it's no big deal. And for most of our friends are musicians, and it's just commonplace for us. But for other people looking from the outside, they're like, wow, you do that? Yeah. And that's what launched into Dara on radio where regular people do really cool things because most people do something that they think is no big deal. But right. someone looking from the outside is like, wow, that's really cool that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds really good. So now you guys were in a band together? We were. We, we, um, it was called Profiles. It was in the late 80s. That's how we met. Uh, I was, I guess, my husband calls it uh, progressive new wave. It was almost like classical rock. We had very heavy classical influences and very heavy, I guess, 80s new wave. In, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we just, it, it launched itself into that. We had some other members as well. And we've been writing and recording through the years. And really stylistically, we do so many types of music, really through classical. I do a lot of classical piano. So okay. that's my favorite. And we, you know, we have a studio in our house. And the technology for me, it got so technical, for lack of a better word, that I actually started writing with pencil and paper again. <gasps> wow. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds really good. So, um... Well, Dara, I know that there's a house around the corner that Debbie Gibson used to live in, and they have a beautiful sound uh, studio within it. So just to let you know. Oh, you I remember. <laughs> and actually, Billy Joel lived there, too. I grew up in uh, Billy Joel's neighborhood. Oh, I should say Billy Joel grew up in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yes, you're right. We haven't seen him around here lately. but um, Yeah, I think he's down here in Florida now. <laughs> oh, is he? That's I think so. so. Funny. That's great. So, all right, Dara, so let's move into the business aspect now. So what made you start your business? And um, which did you start first? I think it was Color Me Music. Color right? Music first. I was in music education for years and years and years up in New York. So when I moved down here, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> so I started teaching, and it just expanded, and it became what it is. And our annual recital is actually next month. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, um, that, that sounds great, but a lot of work for you, I'm sure. Yeah, you know what? I've done so many of them that I've streamlined it. It's it kind of I'm so used to it. It's not a big deal anymore. Okay, it's like two days of a lot of work, and it's on a Saturday, and the night before is my show, and we're actually having an American American Idol finalist on it, so that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> wow! Um, maybe they'll come to the recital, which would be nice. But I who is it, Dara? Uh, John Stevens. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's great. But the way I launched Helpful Hallies, well, the name first of all, my daughter is Olivia Hallowell. And when she was a little kid and she would do something helpful, we call her Oli Hallie. And okay. And we would always spin it. If she'd do something helpful, she was Helpful Hallie. If she was in the stroller, she was Strolly Hallie, blah, blah, blah. So she was about four years old. And I guess she was sort of testing the waters on new communication. So rather than asking me something nicely, she got a little fresh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't want to be the parent who got, gets mad about it because she's four and I'm better off teaching her the proper way to behave rather than just getting angry. So I ran into the bathroom and grabbed some lens cleaner because I wear glasses. And I went, you know what, Olivia? I'm going to spray some kind voice into the air. After that, everyone in the room needs to use a kind voice. I give a couple of spritzes. She stands up next to her chair with her arms at her side like a little soldier, and she goes, Mama, may I have a glass of water, please? <laughs> and I kind of stood there scratching my head. So it was towards the end of the school year, and, uh, you know, the budget was a little tight. I'm like, okay, we have to get the teacher's end-of-the-year gift. She was in pre-K-4, I think, at the time. And so I put together just a modified six-pack of Helpful Hallie's Mighty Miracle Mist. And two weeks into summer vacation, 
teacher called me. I didn't even know she had my number. She goes, where did you get this? This is genius. This is brilliant. I'm like, well, I actually made it. Oh, that's so, so you fun. know what? It, it was getting received really well. So, you know, let me just go for it. And I hired a packaging company and launched it, sort of, you know, cart for the horse kind of thing before I even knew anything about running a business. <laughs> right. But it was quite an adventure. And uh, so I've got the Helpful Holly character. Everything's trademarked. And I'm looking to expand it now into a TV series with that, the Helpful Holly character teaching young kids fun ways to behave, which really is a tool for parents because then they can sort of pull from the show and, like, what would Helpful Hallie do or here's what Helpful Hallie said. There's going to be a theme song, tools, like the sprays and other things to go along with it that parents can purchase and make their lives a little easier. Oh, it sounds really, really wonderful, Dara. And it's such a challenge, isn't it? It kind of reminds me a little bit about Glovies, the product that I had invented. It's funny when, you know, it's – you have a need for something, you come up with a solution, and other people are saying, wow, you did that for your child? Can you do it for mine, too? Right. And next thing you know, it's word of mouth, and whereas you never thought you'd be, you know, an inventor or, you know, come up with a brand-new product, it's just, um, it's funny how things turn out, and then all of a sudden you're learning how to do packaging. You hire somebody, but you still have so much to say about it. And then you have to market your product. So how are you going about marketing? Well, therein lies the challenge. Yeah. Like every other entrepreneur, I, I got to point it was, it, it was going slowly, dribs and drabs, and money was tight. And actually, last summer, I had to take a break from it. I'm like, you know what? I just, I just need time off from it. Because I'm great at sales. I was in retail for years. I know how to right. sell. I know how to sell color me music. I learned the hard lesson that sales and marketing are not the same thing. Right. So my... Uh, Trademarks came due, and, and the attorney called me, and I'm like, you know what? I really don't have money to finish these trademarks. He goes, you know, I really like your product. I'll lay out the money you pay me back. Great. And I went, okay, if this attorney believes in it enough to right. lay out his own money, I better right. get myself in gear and start marketing this again. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm getting back into the social media and really trying to just spread the word of mouth, but that's where the idea of the TV series is coming in because the character herself, Helpful Hallie, is trademarked. And the kids yeah. really like it. There's a theme song that my daughter sings, the jingle, on the website. <laughs> and okay. it's a recurring theme that would happen in each episode. I had written a few stories for a book, you know, never published a book or anything, but I, that would be used for the show. And I've just gotten in touch with a few people in the TV and film industry and because they're offering me some guidance, so that's where I stand with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds wonderful. And you know what? It's funny, Dara. I was just talking to somebody not too long ago, even about my Glovies product, and he had a great suggestion. He said, sometimes what you got to do is take the step back, but try to more or less associate your product with other things. Yep. Other products that are along the same line with the same target market and, um, it's just another way to get your name out there. Absolutely. Ride the coattails of success. <laughs> yeah, but I love the idea about the TV series because I think that that will get the product in the face of others, but then you also have your other products that you'll, you can also come up with. Exactly. And I've actually come up with a few. I never made them, I guess, uh, as far as a professional product. I've sort of handmade them and used them in the house, and each one of those would be applied to an episode, let's say. And then the parents can go and purchase it. So the, the product becomes then the back end as opposed to the front end. And that was a mistake I made as well where I was trying to market the product as opposed to marketing the company. Yeah. And, you, you know, know, again, it's, it's yeah. a hard lesson, but, you know, 
It's funny, Dara, because I'm not sure. I know that you're on the Mom Entrepreneur support group also. Yes. Did you see um, they were looking for presenters at um, a conference being held in October? I think um, Heather, what's her name? Lopez? Heather. Yes. And um, it was very interesting. She said that their audience would be very um, interested in learning more about how people brand themselves, how business owners brand themselves as an individual and also brand their company, that it's two very, very separate things. And I just had this whole big discussion with my brother, who's a big business guy, and he said the same thing, that it's so important to try to distinguish yourself as a person, as a business entrepreneur, and then your product is a whole different branding, and even like our radio shows are a whole different branding. Yep. And then you have to kind of pull all of this together. So it's a challenge, but I'll tell you, I think social media really does help tremendously. Absolutely. I mean, look, none of us would be in contact with, with each other without it. Yeah. It's so really amazing it's, when you think about it. The world has become so much smaller. Yeah, it really is. Is good. So, um, all right. Did we touch all of the companies? So we we talked about color music, color music, color and music. Howie. That's really it. And then my third thing is radio show, which is so much fun. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with mine. Also, it's just um, I'm learning so much even about my business, and uh, it's just great. We're so far so good. So tell me, Dara, what else can we talk about as far as um, business goes and running your business? So what did you do? Tell me the steps that you did when you came up with your idea of the Mighty Miracle Mist. Um, It's kind of funny, and I'm a firm believer in synchronicity and things happen when they need to happen, and even following the path that you need to follow. Um, For example, you know, I I thought help uh, help plow is Mighty Miracle Mist. I'm going, well, I'm not making the money, blah, blah, blah. But then I had to step back and go, wow, you know, it led me to other things right now. It led me to these other support groups. It led me to the radio show. I mean, I wouldn't have it had I not launched the product and spoke with Stacey so many times. (laughs) Really, it's it's amazing. But what happened was the day that I got this aha moment, I was reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And Uh I was on the exact paragraph that you will have this aha moment, you'll know it, and when you have it, you have to act on it. I just finished reading those words when my daughter did that and the spray worked. Oh, that's amazing. I went, okay, I have to do something with this. So I think one of the mistakes I made also, things happen in their own time, not uh-huh. in my, unless you have a, you know, a $10 million ad budget. I mean, that changes everything. Um, but things take the time they need to take, and I was impatient, and I wanted it, you know, okay, I'm launching it so it should sell. And it didn't work that way. And I had to step back and go, okay, why didn't it? And then in the positive side, but where did it lead me? Look at all these great things that happened because of it. And right. it's fascinating, you know, when you look at the process itself. Yeah, and, you know, Dara, it's so, um, to me, it's just I'm doing things I never in a million years would have ever thought I was doing. And it's just, it changes your perspective of yourself. I mean, as you get older, I think we get, uh, we become critical of ourselves. And it's just kind of nice that here we are doing our radio shows. We're having fun, hopefully, you know, paying um, it forward, teaching other people some lessons. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. So anyway, we'll be back shortly after this commercial. Okay. We'll be right back. 
We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer, inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after male catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, it's Josephine again, and today we have Dara Blaker. And Dara, so we were just in the middle of talking about, you know, your music career. Um, So tell me, what else? Do you want to fill us in about your career, about music? You had mentioned something about being in somebody's book. Yeah, actually, it's funny. He's going to be my guest on my show this Friday. His name is Craig Cortello, and he's a public speaker. And he's actually, I believe, even a member of, like, the National Public Speakers Association or something like that. And he had written a book, Everything – you know what? I don't want to get the name wrong. Everything (laughs) I Know About Business, I Learned Playing Music. Oh, wow. And I actually – yep, everything we needed to know about business, we learned playing music. And what it is, it's a compilation of 32 interviews and profiles of different CEOs and business leaders who played music as a child or are involved in music somehow. And I was actually in a chapter of it. Ta-da! Oh, that sounds great. So he's my guest this weekend. And he's a huge advocate of music and music education. And he travels the country speaking about how important it is, even in business, to understand the process of music. And understanding that can actually help grow business. Well, that sounds and a good. big part of what we had spoken about is that creativity doesn't just happen. There's actually a process. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to it. You need a start point to become creative. You can't just go, you know, wave a magic wand and it happens. Yeah, um, it's so funny, Dara, that you should say that because even when we're running our own businesses, whenever I feel like there, I need to switch gears, a lot of times I will just, like, not go into my office and I'll do other things. And it seems like I'm not working. Like a friend of mine will always call and say, oh, are you working today? I'm not necessarily in my office working, but you know what I call it? I call it the formulation mode. Mm-hmm. It's a mode that I go through that things just have to go through my mind. 
and I have to think it through, think it through, sleep on it, and then I'll tell you I can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it all just flows. It all just comes right out of me. And I can see how that would be very similar to how music is. Absolutely. Um, I think it was Einstein who said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Because you could have knowledge, but if you don't have the imagination and creativity to do anything with it, right. it's just stagnant. It's just, it just facts as opposed to uh, wisdom, I guess yeah, we can say. That's so, so true. So, Dara, tell us a little bit about what you said in your chapter of the book. Oh, goodness, I don't even remember. <laughs> um, he was asking me a lot about processes and the beginning, middle, and end, and a, a few points stood out. He had asked me, um, when I go through my process, you know, what happens? And I, and I told him an anecdote of when I learned how to do watercolors. And I guess in my late 20s, early 30s, I went, oh, uh-huh. you know, let me give this a try. And I was first I got a book, and I learned how to mix my own paint, and I was trying to do, you know, fruit bowls and teapots, and it just wasn't doing it for me. Uh-huh. And so part of it said, you know, paint what you know or what you love. And if you look at my handwriting, I have by far the worst handwriting ever <laughs> in the world. Sometimes I can't even read it. It's so bad. I got, you know, I did a pencil sketch of my dog, Charlie, okay. first thing I ever did. And Charlie's my muse. One of my piano pieces that I wrote is called The Many Moods of Charlie. And he just, this dog is just my muse, and that's in the book as well. It's kind of funny. Um, and I did a pencil sketch, and it looked just like my dog, that everyone's like, wow, you know, you're really good at this. And I had no idea. I had no idea I had this talent. Then I started painting. And with watercolors, it's really interesting. It's not like acrylics where you can just layer, layer, layer. Because if the paint is wet, it just kind of blends together, makes a big mush. So one of the lessons I learned that I carried into my music was that the paint's got to dry or the idea has to gel, like you were saying, your formulation mode. You can't add the next layer of paint until that layer is completely dry. And that's how it is very much with music, and that's how it is very much with business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't add the next layer or go to the next step until that step is completely gelled how it needs to be or completely dry or whatever word you want to use for it. And that's a big part of what Craig and I spoke about was that if they take away that element of education, music education, okay, you know, it doesn't balance your checkbook or whatever, you're not learning fundamental math, but that's part of us as human beings to learn that creative process because that's how we sort of put everything together. Yeah, I agree, Dara. I mean, a lot of times, especially with the recession, a lot of parents are probably saying, gosh, can I really afford to pay this money for music lessons, and I'll tell you, my mother, my kids are just at this age now where I really am considering starting them, but um, my mother said it's the best investment you can make yep. in your children. It's education. It's another form of education. It's, you're really like a foundation. Absolutely. It's, you know, any kind of artistic or creative outlet, being it music or art or skating or karate, it makes the person more well-rounded human being. I mean... I think a lot of parents think about, well, you know, they're not going to be a musician, why should they learn it? But as a kid, I grew up riding horses up in Huntington. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the days. Over at Comset, where did you learn? Um, actually, I, my parents were like, well, if you can get a horse free, you can have a horse. And I hung oh, out with wow. lots of people who had horses, and I knew a girl who was going away to college and needed someone to take care of a horse for a few years. And it was um, not Comset, it was the Coastal Harbor Nature Conservancy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And we actually, we had a 10-acre field fenced off for us, and the horse was boarded in someone's yard, and... I took care of a horse for a few years. Wow. And I didn't become, you know, a professional horsewoman, but I, I think learning it is part of who I am. 
and I, you know, I experienced something really wonderful and magical, you know, taking care of and riding a horse. It was, it, it maybe become part of who I am as an adult, even though I didn't go into it professionally. And I think that's a mistake that parents make that, well, if they're not going to become a musician professionally, why should I invest in lessons? And if, it, it, oh, yeah. it's hard to explain that, well, it makes them a more well-rounded human being as an adult, and they have a new appreciation for processes and creativity. And music really resonates like, like nothing else. I was watching a video last night, and if you put sand in water and strike certain tones under the water, the sand will form geometric patterns. Oh, wow. So sounds and music really affect us more than just you know, on a, I guess, a physical level, it affects us on an emotional level, a spiritual level. Every culture has music. Every culture has sacred music. You know, it's just part of who we are and so important. Yeah, it, it sounds great. And it sounds like you have such a passion for it, and I'm sure it comes out in your teaching. And um, I just think it's, it's great the way that you pay it forward. Well, thank you. And, it, you know, it does come out. And there's an expression that I hate. You know, those who can do, those who can't teach. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I've learned, because I've managed my own teaching company as well as a company up in Long Island for 10 years, it's those who can teach do. Because I've had people come to me with PhDs in music. I'm like, that's great. You can play Rachmaninoff. You know, what are you going to share with a (laughs) five-year-old? Right, right, right. You need to have a certain personality and a certain disposition to teach. I have a friend who's a great jazz player but he has no patience for other people and their learning process, and, well, if they don't practice, how do you handle it? Right. Well, you know, you deal with it then. It's, it's nothing personal, and I think teaching is its own skill and playing is its own skill, and I, I, the two are not the same. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just love the fact that you thought on a business level how to come, how to make yourself even more unique. The fact that you went out and you came up with an entire method on how to teach music, and then you taught that to other teachers, and now they're able to apply that to the students. I think that's, that's great. Well, thank you. It, it, it started up in New York. The guy whose company I manage, he goes, hey, you know, we want to grow this. I want to put you in charge and create a curriculum to teach people how to teach. Okay, and then when I came down here, I kind of took it a step further, like, okay, here's what I liked, here's what I didn't like, here's okay. what I want to take to my company. And even up in New York and down here, I started finding better ways and new types of curriculum how to teach students. Um, so as time went on, you sort of, you take someone else's business model, almost like build a better mousetrap, right. and then you apply it to your own business model. And even with, you know, Mighty Miracle Mist, that's what I'm trying to do, is, okay, whose business model do I want to follow? Who had success? If I do what they did, then I should have success too. Yeah, it's so funny, Tara. We think alike in that regard. So who do you think I Googled? Nuggy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and it's so funny. It was like the number one sold consumer product in 2009. Weird. And it just it baffles me that the product is, I don't know, in my opinion, it's not the best product on the face of the earth. It's just a piece of fleece, yep. you know, and <laughs> you look at that packaging and there's nothing to that packaging. It's a lady sitting down, you know, watching TV, but it's the image. I guess the image is, you know, now that I have my Snuggie, I have time to sit and spend quality time with my family. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, a part of it is too, and I've been paying close attention to this, it's, 
you have to be uh, as you have to see something five times before you make a decision about purchasing it. Um, right. So if we have no marketing, no one's going to know we exist. Right. Like you could have the greatest product in the world. If no one knows you exist, no one's going to buy it. Think about how many times a day you would see a Snuggies commercial. Think about how many times you'd put on TV or the radio and people would be talking about Snuggies because of that Snuggies commercial. Yeah, but do you know what kills me, Dara, is that they were not the first ones to come up with that concept. They oh, no, I had a Snuggly when I was a kid. It was a blanket with snacks down the side. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It's all about marketing. It's all about getting the word out there and being unique about it and... I'll tell you, my route now with the Glovies is I'm contacting a lot of the mom bloggers, and it's one blog site at a time, and it's really kind of working because can you imagine how many moms go to each blog site? Absolutely. I think the Glovies are genius, and, you know, my husband and I, like, I used to carry a little potty in the back of my station (laughs) wagon when my daughter was little because I wouldn't let her sit on the public toilet. Right. Um, I'm the same way. Yeah, and... Even now, like, if she goes to touch with her hands, I, I skeet. I would love to see Glovies uh-huh. in every public restroom, especially places that are geared to kids. Um, just a dispenser. You know how they have toilet seat dispensers? They should have a right. Glovie dispenser. You know, we're, we're trying. We're trying. That's blowing it up commercially, and the demand is there. And it's funny. I did a survey. I mean, the best thing, if you ever want to know anything about your product, is to just go out there and do a survey and um, – I recently did a survey on Mm monkeysurvey.com, and it's amazing how much free stuff is on the web. So it didn't cost me anything to create this five-question survey. It only takes 30 seconds to fill out, and um, the information that comes back is just, it would blow your mind away, you know? It's it kind of, just when you think this is where people want to use your product, it's like, oh, no, 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 this is it. And that's what came out of my study is that people said if they were in the public restrooms, everybody would use them. So it is, it is quite interesting as far as, um, you know, things that are out there. And, you know, one other thing that I did do on my website, Dara, that I thought was great, animoto.com. I don't know. Do you know Animoto? No. Is that a name, like a person's name? Yeah. It's um, A-N-I-M-O-T-O dot com. It's really neat. You can just go up and in a matter of, I think it took me 10 minutes to do a 30-second video. And you get to pick music. But yours would be great because you could do your own music to the pictures. And um, I wonder if there's a way that you can upload your own music and use your own pictures of your product. With the video itself, I mean, are you taking pictures that are on there or you upload your own pictures? I uploaded my own pictures, Hmm. so it was really kind of cool. But All right, we'll be back with our last segment of Paying It Forward in just a moment. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. 
And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday. You'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're coming up to our last segment of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. And today, my guest is Dara Blaker. She is a musician-turned-business owner. And so, Dara, we were talking on break about how um, I just assumed that you were a night owl because you're a musician, you're married to a musician, and I know you have a daughter, Olivia, but I'm sure she's a night owl herself. She is. You know, my husband's still a real night owl. He has a tough time with uh, you know, early hours. He, he, he works through the night. He prefers to work through the night if he can. He'll stay on the computer all night programming. He actually created my website. He's my webmaster, my web designer, and he'll do that stuff all night. He loves it. Wow. Um, I, you know, I'm a night owl. I can stay up, but being that I get up 6.45 now to get my daughter ready for school, by 10, 10.30, I'm kind of nodding off. Right. But my daughter can stay up till 12, 1 o'clock if I let her. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. Yeah, she's a, she's a definite night owl, and early bedtimes don't work for her. Yeah, no. I, my, how old is your daughter? Seven. Oh, she's seven. Okay, wow. Good for her that she can stay up that late because my kids <laughs> literally start walking into walls if it's like past 8 o'clock at night. Wow. But they're early risers. So. You know, yeah, she she definitely not an early riser. But you know what part of it is is being that I go to, to work after school, I get home 8 o'clock, she waits for me. She's not going to go to bed before I get home. Oh, sure. She so wants to see you. It sort of creates the later hours. But fortunately, school doesn't start till 8.30. So we get up at 7.30 and get to school by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> oh, right. oh, that's so funny. 
So, Dara, tell me something. Tell me a little bit about being a mom entrepreneur and trying to juggle it all. You know, it's funny you should say that. My daughter and I were having a conversation about it today on the way to school because on Wednesdays my mother takes her up. big reason we moved to Florida is we have family down here to sort of help us out. Okay. So Wednesdays is Grandma's Day. So she said, you know, you're going to be home tonight, Mom? I said, well, you know, I get home 8 o'clock, and pretty much Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I get home at 8. Mondays is a little earlier, and Fridays is earlier. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I understand it's a little rough that, you know, after school I'm not there. I'm not there for homework. You know, other people have to do either my husband's there some days, his grandparents or my mother. I said, but what's beautiful is that I have the flexibility. If you have a function at school during the day, right. I can go. Or I can go and volunteer at lunch and see you during the school day. And if I didn't work for myself, I wouldn't have any of that flexibility. Pretty much I come and go as I want. And if I cancel lessons, I cancel lessons. Or if I need to change things around, I can. And, I, you know, the only permission I need to ask is the, the students that I teach, you know, ask their parents. But it's my company and, you know, what I say goes. <laughs> right. It's, it's easy in a way. It's easier in a way and then it's harder in another way because sometimes I feel I have my office out of the home and sometimes I feel like if I would just get on that train and go into Manhattan and go to a real office, I might be able to get a lot more accomplished in a shorter period of time because even though I'm home here, my kids know that I'm here, and it, it is a disruption. You know, as much as I love being here, it's hard sometimes. You oh, know? absolutely. I get nothing done when anyone else is home. <laughs> yeah. I love when Monday comes around and school. You know, summers are a little rough. But, you know, summers are also slower as far as music education goes, so it's sort of a trade-off. Um, but, yeah, I get nothing done when anyone's home. But, I, you know, I had a desk job. I did it for a year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you might get more done, but the level of stress is different. I, I don't like to answer to other people right so really a true entrepreneur at heart (laughs) yeah it's entrepreneurial I think it's also you know like I I had a boss who he was a little difficult and it was upsetting and I don't like that kind of upset in my life I don't do well with it so I sort of created a situation where I didn't have to deal with it you know you know call it whatever you want call it avoidance but it, it, it works for me I didn't you know, I, my life is very peaceful because of it. And I think that was a big part of why I became an entrepreneur. You know, it has its own stresses, especially financial stresses with Mighty Miracle Mist because I laid out so much and I, you know, I haven't seen the return yet. Right. So it has that stress. But as far as the day-to-day, nine-to-five commuting stress and boss stress, and I don't have that. And I am grateful every day that I don't have it. And, you know, what I do for a living is very creative. And I need that as well. I, you know... Sharing music with people is it's, it's magical. There's no other word. When you see when you see someone take nothing and turn it into something, it's nothing short of magic. Yeah, it's so funny that you should say that because there are times that I just feel it's amazing what music can do to anybody. If the I don't if my kids are just like not in a good mood and we're getting ready for dinner and they have homework and they're just not in a good mood, I will just shut down the homework. I'll just say, okay, guys, let's put everything to the side right now and I'll put music on the radio and we'll just do a silly dance together because they're still <laughs> little, you know. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, everybody's mood completely changes and everybody's yep. laughing and, and smiling and it's amazing what music can do. And they say, even those adults that suffer from depression, 
I remember reading an article once, and it said really to tr- to help you just turn that corner if if that's what you need. Just put the music on and Absolutely. listen to music, and it really does change your mood. But the, what's this expression? Music soothes the savage beast. Yes. Right. It's funny too. There's certain songs that if you put on, I would say there's a a company called Song Drop, and he did put out a thing called the Duck Song. If you look on YouTube, the Duck oh, Song okay. it has like 8 million hits. It's this really crude animation of this duck, and the song is hysterical. And I always say you can't be in a bad mood when you listen to the Duck Song. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, just, it's, it's so funny and, and so silly. And right. It's just one of those things. Same with a hamster dance. Did you ever see that one? No. Just silly music in the background. Again, can't be in a, mood, a bad mood when you listen to the hamster dance, you know? No, it's funny because um, my brother was visiting with my nieces not too long ago, and they went to YouTube and they put on this song about chicken wings. <sighs> and these kids are just sitting there singing the chicken wing song, and my kids just think it's so funny. And to me, it's amazing what YouTube has done, you know. Oh, absolutely. To us that we can just go create something, put it on, and it probably helps a lot of musicians, up-and-coming musicians, if they go on YouTube. I know that my nephew is um, he's an up, up-and-coming musician, if that's what you want to say, um, and he has his own website, and a lot of the colleges then go to his website and go to YouTube and listen to all of his music. So Absolutely. It's it's all about just getting the word out, and I think social marketing has made the world such a small place. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, you talk to people all over the world in an instant. Yeah, I so, think it's great, and uh, it can be from, you know, overseas or anywhere. It's amazing what can happen. I know I have a brother who lives in Italy, and um, my nephew was playing, you know, Silent Night on the guitar, and there you can see it right on YouTube. It was really cool. Yep, or even Skype. It's instant. You know, you can see people in real time. It's fascinating. I, I teach this one family, and the, they're from Ireland originally, and they moved to Florida, and the dad now has a job back in England, so he commutes back and forth. Oh, wow, yeah. And they speak via Skype, you know, and, and they can speak and see each other on video in real time. Mm-hmm. So they get to, you know, keep in touch while he's overseas. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that's great. So, Dara, tell us a little more about yourself. Um, in one word, how would you characterize your life as an entrepreneur? Uh, in one word? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. It's, just, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, but I, I couldn't do it any other way. I've, I've done the corporate thing. I've done, you know, even worked in retail. I've... It's creative, it's exciting, mm-hmm. it's stressful, but it's mm-hmm. mine. You know, it's, I get to call the shots, or, you know, my husband and I, we, we figure out stuff together, like, what are we going to do, how are we going to solve this today? And we answer to ourselves, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. So that sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. I mean, that's part of the reason why so many of us are entrepreneurs, so we can you know, kind of have it, have it all, so to speak. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, especially in this economic climate, you know, yeah. so many people losing jobs, you need to sort of create your own. Yeah, and you have a little more control over it, which is great. I think so. I mean, I lucked out. I did it long before the economic collapse, <laughs> so I've yeah. sort of established already. So, you know, things had slowed down a little bit last year, but they picked up definitely this year. But 
no, I still had a job because <laughs> I worked for myself. And sure. I, I had modeled after another company, and I made sure my clientele was one that wouldn't feel the recession so much. So I kind of left out that way, and I, I, I chose that well. And I think in any business, to choose your market is important, you know. But I think a, a mistake entrepreneurs make very often is, well, you know, who's your product for? Well, everybody. Well, no, it's not for everybody. Who specifically is it for? Because everyone's not going to buy it. Yeah, the target market is so, so important. And sometimes what you think your market is, um, it's different. It's yep. funny how your customers dictate it, like I had said earlier. And um, it's just important to get your target market. And sometimes the more narrow you create that market, the better it is for you. And like you said, it sounds like you got your clientele who, you know, aren't affected by the recession, which is so important. Yeah, I definitely chose that well, and I'm, I'm following what they're doing with music education because, you know, the, the public schools that don't have a lot of funding in those areas, these kids aren't going to be able to afford lessons. So they're just going to, unfortunately, be without, and it's sad. You know, we have to do what we can to sort of save that on a public level, and I don't know, you know, maybe there's an entrepreneurial pursuit that could go with that as well. I have no idea, but it's worth right. looking into. Oh, sure. It would be sad to let the music go. Absolutely. Music and art, I think. And think about if there was no art, you wouldn't have even designed Glovies. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it really is true. So, Daryl, we have less than two minutes left, probably about a minute left. So what would be your biggest paying-it-forward tip for our listeners here today? My biggest paying-it-forward tip, um, learn, learn from other people. Always ask questions. If you're looking to launch your own business or looking for anything, Ask questions from people who know more than you do. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had a, a mentor as I was uh, designing Mighty Miracle Mist, the dad of two students that I taught. He was an entrepreneur his whole life. Remember Troll Dolls? Oh, I did, yeah. That was him. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cool. And he put out other stuff as well. So I think always ask questions and, you know, never, never be afraid of the answers because people are always there to help. And I think that's so important. I think that's great. So... Um, I just wanted to mention, Dara, thank you so much for all of your insight today. Oh, my and pleasure. It was a lot of fun, and we have next coming up on Stacey Cannonberg's radio at 10 o'clock. We actually, 11 o'clock, she has um, Ellen McCaleb, who is actually a great, great artist, and um, she created these growth charts. That's just great. So anyway, that's up next. But thanks again, Dara, for the important paying it forward this week. Thanks. Have a great day. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned,